We've been going through a series uh, called Together We Believe. If you're a guest this morning, by the way, we're glad you're here. Uh, but we've been going through a series, Together We Believe. What do we believe? Why do we believe it? It's important for us to know that. If we're going to live our lives based on certain truths, we need to know why. Uh, we, we need to understand what we do in the church. So today, uh, we're looking, talking, and thinking about baptism, Okay. So let's all say the word together. Baptism. Ready? One, two, three. Baptism. How did that feel? Does it feel a little weird? Yeah? Me too. So baptism is a picture of the gospel. Okay? So there's two ordinances in the the early church that Jesus gave us. Baptism and what's the other one? The Lord's Supper. And both of those things are a picture of the gospel. Now, why didn't the Lord give us three or four? Probably because we would mess those up too. Uh, but he gave us two. You'd think we would do okay with that, but we sometimes even get those two really out of whack, really stray from the purpose from behind what they're meant to do, and they're meant to point all of us to the gospel, point us to the death of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus. Okay? So, this morning, many people around the world, millions in fact, assume uh, or, or they, they're indifferent towards baptism, right? And many times we, even in the church, we are indifferent towards it. We're, we're apathetic. We, we see the water. Oh, wow, we've got some water this morning. And, and we're, who's getting dunked today? And, and we, we should get excited. We should, we should get fired up. We should tailgate in the parking lot. Know what I'm saying? Like we should get excited because somebody somewhere went from death to life. That's worth getting excited about. But we don't. Now some of us sometimes, yeah, we're feeling it and we're excited and and we're there. But every time we see people go through the baptism of water, something should happen. We should be reminded of the gospel. So many assume that baptism, because it does not determine eternal destination that, hey, it's not that important, right? I mean, the guy on the cross besides Jesus, was he baptized? No, no, not at all. And yet, what did Jesus say to him? Today, you will be with me in paradise, right? Let's, today, we are going to see what God's Word says about baptism. So our first passage, by the way, put your roller skates on. We're going to go to a lot of different passages And today, the first one will be Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 36. There's millions of people, I believe, uh, many people believe around the world, who are non-Christians, who have no relationship with God the Father through the Son, yet they've been baptized. There's also millions of people around the world who are believing Christians, they're born again, and they have never been baptized. Baptism, according to Scripture, is a big deal. It's clear in Scripture that baptism is a requirement. It is a command both to the individual believer and to the church. Okay? So, I need to turn to Acts chapter 2 as well. That would help things. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Exciting passage in the early church. Holy Spirit had just come. 
in the form of tongues of fire. It was getting real for the early church. Exciting things were happening. Um, Peter had just preached this amazing sermon. And look in uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Let all the house... Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Let's pray. Father God, we pray right now, Lord, that your spirit would fall. God, that you would speak to us from the inside. God, that Every one of us will walk out of here with a greater appreciation of the gospel. Lord, the, a greater reality that, that you are who you say you are, that you are alive and well. Lord, that your kingdom is on the move. And Father, we beg and pray that any of us, Lord, if our heart is strayed from the truth of the gospel, Lord, any people, anyone in here that is far from you, that is lost, God, that you today will be the day of salvation. God, you would draw people to yourself. God, we ask for help to focus on what matters right now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the word baptizo, let's say that word. It's even a little more strange. Baptizo, ready? One, two, three. Baptizo, with an O. It, it literally means to dip, to submerge, to immerse. The word used in many ancient writings uh, was talking about from, from historians was when ships would... Be, submerge under the water, and they use that word a lot in ancient literature, baptizo. But look at verse 38. So this amazing sermon had just happened, and people were cut to the heart and saying, hey, what do we do? Okay, we're confronted with the gospel. What do we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. You see that word for F-O-R in that, in that verse. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Well, that word literally means, used there, because of, or in regard to. Okay, so you're not baptized so that you will be forgiven, but we're baptized because of. We, we're, we get baptized because we have been forgiven okay many times we get that out of whack we we some someone somewhere made up that that the actual act of baptism saves you now the water when we baptize people there's nothing uh supernatural about the water right it's just like bathtub water or uh, whatever water you have at your house it's just normal water but it's symbolic same thing with the lord's supper we believe it's very symbolic it's Picture of Jesus. The main truth I'd like to share today, faith is the means by which we are united to Christ. Baptism is the expression of it. Faith is the means by which we are united to Christ. Baptism is the expression of it.
Okay, our being united to Christ is death, burial, and resurrection. Sorry, we just moved into a different house and all my jackets are in a different house and that's like for winter time and it's hot up here. Just don't want anybody to say, our pastor's taking his jacket off. That's weird. Okay, faith is the means by which we are united to Christ. Baptism is the expression of of it. Got it? Now, church, do we, right now, as we're about to talk, continue to talk about baptism, do you want to hear what we want to hear about baptism, or do you want to hear uh, what we need to hear from the Bible? Because you and I, we need to decide before we go any further and see what God's Word says about it, okay? And the reason we're going to go to so many passages, because I don't want, so, I don't want the whole church upset with me. I mean, bring it on, that's fine, but I'd rather you see that it's God's Word talking about baptism than any man, because the authority is not a man or person, it is the Word of God, amen? So let's see what it says. Now let's go to Matthew uh, chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. By the way, as we turn there, we welcome uh, some dear friends from Southeast Asia in the house over here. Thank you guys for being here. We hope that you, if you fall asleep halfway through the service, we won't wake you up. We have two services, so you can come to the next one, yeah. Matthew 28, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. Very famous passage, the Great Commission. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You guys see the, the phrase, make disciples? That's the main verb. That's the goal here. Make disciples, okay? The defining participles are baptizing them and teaching them. Okay, so... Baptism is mentioned here in the Great Commission. So it's obviously a big deal to the Lord. Baptizing them. So how do you make disciples? Well, you baptize them as an expression of their faith, their commitment, their being born again, their walk, their being born to the kingdom of God by faith through grace. And then we teach them, teach them how to be like Jesus, how to walk with him. How to talk like Him, how to love people like Him, how to trust the Father like Him. Romans chapter 6. Now let's go to Romans. We're playing Bible drill today. Romans. Let's go to the right. Romans chapter 6. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Verse 3 and 4. Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. Ready? If you're there, say bulldogs. Oh, I hope I never have to say that ever again. Verse 3, chapter 6. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. 
We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. What? Okay, look, verse 3. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised, you see that? Raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. Okay. I need a volunteer. I need a male, a young man. Let's, let's get a Bahama Mama shirt. Come on up here, sir. It's fitting. We live in Bay St. Louis. I love this shirt. What size is this? State your name? Alan Funderburk. Okay. Well, sir, we're, I want you to, um, we're going to practice a baptism right now. Is that okay? Do you trust me? Okay. Well, we'll find out after this. Grab your nose with your left hand. Yeah? Okay. Now grab your arm. Now, all right, you can, being, um, you can, we'll stand right here. Can everyone see my friend? So this is going to be a little weird because pastors don't do this. But, I've, you know, growing up, you wonder, what does baptism mean? And we need to be clear about it. So um, baptism is the expression of our faith, right? So many pastors baptize all different kinds of ways. Many missionaries, uh, believers. It's, it, it's not so much the, the actual, um, you know, do you go backwards as a slant? Do you go sideways? Do you just plop down and do a cannonball? I mean, whatever, do, you know, it's not so specific because that's not really the point, right? So whenever I baptize someone, I'd like them to hold their nose because I don't want them to suck water up their nose and get a sinus infection. That'd be bad. And then also, especially in the ocean, you could get bacteria up in your head. So, um, but so I tell people to grab the nose and that little handle that homemade handle that uh, I use, but you don't have to do this is I, I get them to grab their other, their other hand. So I have a handle. Okay. Now, some pastors, they put a cloth, they'll put it over your whole face. Sometimes they'll put it on your nose, and that's fine. And that's just because it prevents the awkwardness of someone having to grab your nose for yourself. So, let's, uh, we're going to practice. Skadoosh. And so... You guys know a cork when it goes under the water, right? Like when a fish bites it. So the cork goes under the water, and then most of the time when the first bite, it pops back up, okay? Especially catfish because they kind of nibble on it. Well, the air in his lungs, he pops. He really, I don't have to do a lot of lifting. Now, here, here on the stage, I do. You really had to trust him. But in the water, when you hold your breath and you go, you go into the water, it kind of pops you back up on your own a little bit. kind of helps the pastors out, which is important. Sometimes, especially when you baptize like three people at a time. So, when you went under the water, that's symbolic of identifying with the death of Jesus, okay? Buried with Christ and raised to walk in new life. And it's, it's just symbolic. It's symbolic in terms of washing your sins away. It's symbolic just like Noah took the ark through the water in the Old Testament. They were saved through the water. The ark went through the water. And so it's very symbolic. But the main purpose here in Romans 
is saying that we're identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Give him a hand. Okay, Acts chapter 8. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. So let's go to the left. Acts chapter 8, verse 35 through 38. Acts chapter 8, verse 35 through 38. Acts chapter 8, verse 35 through 38. It's one of the coolest passages, I think, in the whole Bible. It's awesome. Verse 35. Acts chapter 8, verse 35 through 38. Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. Pause. So the Lord led Philip to come to share with this Ethiopian eunuch from Ethiopia, which is in Africa. And uh, the Ethiopian was sitting there quoting and thinking about scripture from Isaiah, and he was asking Philip uh, to explain it. And so Philip said, God just opened the door to have a gospel conversation. And so then Philip explains it. Let's see what happens. So if you want to back up and get context, and the eunuch said to Philip, verse 34, about whom I asked, does the prophet say this about himself or about someone else? Verse 35, Philip opened his mouth and beginning with the scripture, told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water. You see it? They went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Wow. Faith is the means by which we are united to Christ. Baptism is the expression of it. So, what do you think about baptism? Are you mad yet? You're upset? You feeling convicted? The Lord working on you? Maybe today there, we have all kinds of different life stages. Maybe you, you're you're struggling with. Well, I was baptized after I came to know the Lord when I was eight years old, and I don't really remember my baptism. And that may upset you, and you may feel like you're missing out, friend. I want to tell you, I believe if you to Jesus at when you were eight years old and you were baptized, then you're good. You just got to chalk that up, trust by faith. Okay. Try again. So if that's you this morning, just be encouraged and know that you're you're okay. Now, the most important thing is, did you know Jesus? Okay. Did you, were you convicted? I'm lost. Did you come to the Lord by faith? God, I ask you to forgive me. God, I I place my faith in Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross. God, I repent. Lord, I give you my life. I commit my life to you by faith. That's the big question. Okay. That's even more important than baptism. But baptism is not necessary for salvation, but it's necessary for obedience. So if you're going to be a, if you if you love the Lord and He's changed your life, then you should want to express that 
no matter who it ticks off, no matter what the people at work say about you, if you love the Lord, you should be okay with, hey, I'm about to, do, I'm about to, I'm about to woman up. I'm about to man up and I'm about to do this, even though it's awkward and weird and the water's cold and the preacher's strange. And sometimes you just have to walk forward in obedience by faith. And sometimes it's scary. And sometimes you have to trust the Lord. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Maybe you're in the house and you realize you were um, you came to know the Lord, but your baptism is on the wrong side of your salvation. And if that's the case, maybe the Lord... I think it's a case-by-case scenario. So you can't sit up here and say, okay, fit your life into this formula, and then that'll tell you what to do. I think you just have to personally seek God's face, and it's a very personal thing. And if, and if the Lord is leading you to get baptized, I believe there will be a desire, okay? There will be a strong desire to get baptized. And if that desire is not there, then maybe you just need to wait a little bit. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. Colossians chapter 2, verse 11 through 15. In him also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you to who were dead in your trespasses and the circumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God. Wow. So circumcision was an Old Testament symbolic of the covenant, the old covenant, and baptism is a picture of the new covenant. This past week, we had a new little baby boy recently, and we had to take him to the hospital uh, to the doctor's office to get circumcised, okay? I know it's painful to talk about, think about, but there's... there's, And, and we take him to get circumcised because they don't do that at the hospital anymore, which is kind of strange. But so we took him up there to do that, and, and the nurse said, don't worry, he will not feel it. I said, are you giving him any anesthetic or pain medicine? No, he, but he, it's okay, he will not feel it. And I thought to myself, yeah, right. There's no mustaches in Mexico either. But anyways. It's the hardest thing when your kiddo's having to go through pain and you can't do anything about it. But baptism is symbolic. It's symbolic to identify with Jesus. Baptism is not necessary for salvation, but it accompanies salvation unless the Lord makes an exception, which He may do for you. 
He made an exception for the guy beside Jesus on the cross. Baptism is not necessary for salvation, but it accompanies salvation unless the Lord makes an exception. And 99% of the time, He does not make an exception and He expects you to get baptized. Now, I want to give one reason that we reject infant baptism. Before we get upset, just hear me out. One reason we do not reject infant baptism is that it's not in Scripture anywhere. It's not in Scripture. Now, you may say, you may find a passage I don't know about. Please come. I'd like to talk to you about it. Not specifically after this service, but maybe next time, maybe tomorrow or the next day. It's not in Scripture anyway. And you may say, well, we don't have Chick-fil-A in the Bible, but that's biblical. I'll say, yeah, you're right. But we do have the most important tenets of our faith. They are in Scripture. So the most, most important aspects of our faith, they are in Scripture. And so the Lord did not leave out the most important things He wanted us to know. He will not do that. He's a God, not a God of confusion, but a God of peace and understanding. And so the only people who ever baptized the New Testament are people who have come to faith in Jesus Christ. You say, what about the occasion when their whole household was baptized? Well, it says before that, most of those passages, I think two or three different times, to those who repented and believed. Now, it may have been everyone in the household. Praise God. That'd be awesome. Your whole family gets baptized at one time, and I've seen that happen a lot. And that is epic, okay? Somebody needs to have a camera, because that's awesome. But infant baptism can lead to pointless ritualism, confusion, and false security. Now, Pastor, are you saying that I, you're saying if I'm baptized as an infant that the Lord's mad at me about that or that I'm somehow not serving God? No, that's not what I'm saying. I have many, many, in fact, a hundred, over a hundred dear, close friends who that, well, then I don't talk to every day, but friends that were baptized as an infant who love the Bible, who love Jesus, who are on mission, who are walking with the Lord. But I, I really just want to poke you and me, so we'll all go on a personal journey to on our own to see what God says about baptism. And I'll close with this illustration. A few years ago, I was uh, I went to help Nehemiah Teams as an organization, a branch of the International Mission Board, and uh, they were doing orientation in Alabama, the great state of Alabama, out in the middle of nowhere. This church, Baptist church. And so there were several hundred college students who were getting ready to go to Southeast Asia to share the gospel. And so I just went, I was kind of just a, a volunteer helper. I was over team building, okay? So I just took them outside and, and went through scenarios where uh, they had to work together. Trust falls and stuff like that. And the last night, they're getting ready to send out all these college students all over the, the world. And so... I mean, they had had worship services. They had churches lined up, like 15 churches to come line up their church vans and church buses and carpools to take them to the airport in Atlanta. And it was exciting. 
And so here they are. They're getting to go take the gospel, the good news that Jesus saves people that have never, ever heard it. Many dark, horrible places. Dark in the terms of they just have no access to the gospel. And one young man, 19 years old, he said, hey, I'm ready. I've done a week of orientation. I'm excited. But I cannot go. I cannot get on that airplane knowing that right now the Lord is convicting me. The Lord is working on my heart telling me that I need to get baptized. He said, I can't do it. He said, I was baptized when I was eight years old. I walked the aisle. I said a prayer. He said, but that was not real. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. He said, when I was 16 years old, I was at a disciple now. And that's when I came to know Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. He said, but I was never baptized. My baptism was on the wrong side of my salvation. And so he was saying, hey, I I think the Lord's telling me right now that I need to be baptized. And so um, I filled up a horse trough outside. We talked with all the missionaries to say, we need to baptize this guy. We think the Lord's in it. We counseled him. He got over in the horse trough and sat under the stars at 10 o'clock at night. And he shared his testimony, and then we baptized him. While he's sharing his testimony, a young lady comes up behind me, taps on my shoulder. And she says, "Uh, Brett, the Lord is leading me right now. He's telling me that I need to be baptized. And she was just weeping. She She was glowing Jesus, and she just began to share how the Lord was leading her to be obedient. She's been praying about it for years, been praying about this and struggling with this. Had talked to her mom and dad. And they were, they were for it, just had never had an opportunity or never kind of pressed forward in obedience to do it. And so I counseled with her a little while while the other guy was sharing his testimony. I talked to the missionaries, and, and so we talked to her more. And, and so then she gets over. She just starts, you know, put her leg over in the, the horse trough, and, and she begins to share her testimony. People start cheering like we're at a football game. It was getting rowdy, like in Starkville yesterday. And uh, then someone else tapped on my shoulder. I turned around. There was like three people waiting to talk to me. And so Jess Jennings, one of our dear friend, one of our IMB missionaries, he looked. He said, Brett, this is crazy. He said, man, you counsel them and I'll baptize them. And he, he said, you give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And, and so I just began to counsel, and, and some of them we said, hey, you need to hold off. Or, or some of them, we said, hey, we think your baptism, you're good. You're okay. You don't need to do this. We baptized 26 people that night. It was past midnight. And I'll never forget standing under those stars, singing, our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Our God is higher than any other. I have chills right now thinking about it. It was powerful. And so when we talk about baptism... There's something special about it. So right now, how will you deal with baptism? How will you respond? If you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus. Friend, let me tell you something. If you do not repent, turn away from a lifestyle of sin and put your faith in the Lord and ask Him to forgive you of your sins, you will spend eternity separated from God the Father in a place the Bible calls hell. And the Lord, He don't want that for you. He wishes that none should perish, but all to come into repentance. For everyone to come and be forgiven. There's grace that's oceans deep and wide. Jesus, sent, Jesus went to the cross as God in the flesh, and He died on the cross for your sins. 
He took your punishment on Him. He was a substitute lamb for you so that you could have life and life eternal, so you could have hope. Friend, today, will you come to know Jesus? Just surrender your heart. Yield your life to the Lord Jesus. He's Lord, and He wants to be your Lord. Friend, today, if you're convicted and feel like you need to walk forward in obedience to be baptized, you continue to pray about that if you want to. It may take years for you to come to the right time in your life for that to happen. But if you want to do that next week, we can line that up. Come talk with us. We'll talk. If you're, if you're confused and you say, I, just, I don't know, we'd love to chat with you, okay? You respond as the Lord leads. Let's pray.